This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the No Name Never podcast and football show. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and this week we are in heaven because it was an Easter weekend to remember for the Mighty Clarets, fresh off that win on the road at Borough on Good Friday, which sealed their promotion back to the Premier League. They only went and did it again on Easter Monday with a very convincing home victory against Chasers Chef United, all but sealing the title crown for the Mighty Clarets. I am going to be joined this week by resident statistician Dave Statman-Roberts and our FPL expert and fellow panellist Adam Dennett. Let's go. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Well, we've all got smiles on our faces. Adam, it's a bit easy, this championship, lock. Well, we've made it look that way, haven't we? I didn't think <laughs> it'd get, I didn't think it'd get any, any better than the uh, the two seasons under under Dice where we only lost five games, but uh, to have only lost two at this stage is, um, yeah, ridiculous. And, um, yeah, just keep on marching. Don't matter who's in our way. Probably the best other two Best teams in the league, although everyone always forgets Luton, don't they? Um, and we've just, yeah, strolled through both games quite comfortably. Definitely. Well, I'm going to put my Statman Dave hat on now and I'm going to steal a little bit of your job because I'm going to do my homework again, Dave. Um, he was talking then, was Adam, about these two losses all season. There's been some impressive numbers wider than that. We are, of course, top of the league still. We are now officially promoted. We have the P next to our name. Although I do wish the AFL would hurry up and change their website to put the P on there, it's like, come on, I've been waiting to see that all season. Um, 14 clear of second place with six games left to play. That's ridiculous. Um, we've had the fewest league defeats in all top five tiers of English football. Thank you, Phil Bird, for that stat. We've kept the most clean sheets, 20 games now undefeated, and we are still on for the title and for the points record. Dave. After our last championship season, did you think that we would go 23 undefeated again or anywhere near it? Uh, no, probably not. I think it's, um, as, as Adam mentioned, the, those two promotion seasons, finishes second behind Leicester in 2013-14 and then winning it in 2015-16 were both fantastic campaigns. 
we went on about how we were so relentless in that season, particularly the second half of the season, going 23 matches undefeated. But this season's been uh, next level, really, in terms of uh, the way we've gone about it. We had a little bit of a slight sluggish start, um, but that was it. Since then, it's been motoring on and just with that blip against Sheffield United in between. I mean, if we hadn't have had, we, we were already, I think it was, was it 16 games undefeated when we played mm. them? And then we've got another 20 now. So we'd have been, we'd have been 37 uh, matches undefeated if we hadn't have uh, lost at Bramall Lane. You say that, though. I think it's funny looking back, isn't it, Adam, on that loss at Bramall Lane, um, which is obviously topical given our opponents on Monday night. Um, people talk about that being, and, and Dave says the same thing, it, it being a blip, and, and I tend to think of it as a blip as well. But actually, it's probably a really significant result for our season we're not just talking about a like Sheffield United fans keep saying oh you know well you were terrible at Bramall Lane and we beat you we're only terrible for one half I do remember distinctly going in ahead at half time and being the better side so that 45 minutes of football at Bramall Lane was actually a really significant um 45 minutes of our campaign if you look back on it yeah and what what stuck with me was just how calm company was after the game um didn't didn't panic just said this has got to be um, like you say, a marker um, and something that drives us on. And then obviously a week later, we um, battered Rovers at Turf uh, oh. and uh, not not looked back from there. But it is it's really nice to have um, to avenged that uh, that defeat, even though different circumstances with um, with the red card. But um, but yeah, really nice to get that victory. And not have a side do the double over us. Yeah, um, and and. Yeah, just just really put a marker down and uh, quieten down a few Blades fans on Twitter. That that were nice as well. Yeah, it definitely did. Well, let's address that um, to start off with, Dave, because it didn't end up being an even game in the end. It was for a lot of the game, ten against eleven. Um, some quite strong opinions on Twitter, as you always tend to find, about what on earth happened, and a lot of Blade fans, particularly, and I think the Sheffield United manager as well, was stating that. Um, oh, well, you know, if it had been a penalty, it could have just been a yellow card because of double jeopardy, blah, blah, blah. You are here to clear that up, aren't you, Dave? Go ahead. Well, it's it's a game of opinions and is entitled to his opinion, but Even my opinion... Wrong. and Well, yeah, uh, my, my <laughs> opinion and, and many other people would be that um, it's got to be a genuine attempt to, to play the ball. And he looked like he just took his legs. He was through on goal, took his legs. So whether it had been another yard further on, it, it could have still been a penalty and a red card because the double jeopardy rule only applies if it's a genuine attempt to play the ball. And that's in the referee's opinion. The referee would have had a decision to make um, and we'll never know what that decision was. But my view was that it's very generous to say that he, he made a genuine attempt to play the ball because I don't believe he did. He did not. He did not. Um, it's always exciting to get uh, for the other side to go down to 10 men, Adam, but it can also then be quite a difficult game to play as well. Being completely selfish, Burnley fans, as we are being now, because we just want everything this season, were you? would it have been nicer to have beaten Sheffield United 11 versus 11 and really put that question mark to bed or did you not really care as long as we won? No, I didn't. I didn't care. Um, <laughs> I thought, um, I think the way we lined up, um, obviously bringing Foster in and starting, starting mm. Cork, I think we were aware that we needed to be more physical that, mm. than we were at, 
at Bramall Lane. And I think we stood up to it quite well in the first 15 minutes, but we were under some pressure. I think they won a corner after about 30 yeah. seconds and it was like, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the corner straight away, it was like, yeah. <laughs> They hooked it over the bar and then... Um, yeah, they were they were really really physical at the start, which I don't mind to be honest. We've we've watched it quite a bit from uh, from Burnley's Championship sides, successful Championship sides over the years, and I don't think they over over did it. They just that's that's one of their strengths, and and they tried it tried it on again. But I thought thought we did stand up to it quite well for the short yeah. period that we had to. But then once they were down to ten men, I think that just played straight into our hands. Uh, they took a defender off. You'd normally see a team taking an attacker off in that situation, um, and yeah, it would just it would like a lot of the games that we've played against um, other teams in the league that haven't got the ammunition that Sheffield United have, and just gave us complete control. But yeah, I was quite happy with um, with that, to be honest. No, I, I agree. Um... Dave, that idea that we needed to have some increased physicality in the squad and a bit more experience as well um, is probably something that we're going to need to look at next year as well. I think it's it's fair to say that we need probably a, some better strike uh, bite in midfield and up front as well are two key areas where um, a really big, strong physical presence is probably going to be needed to get us through next summer. Would you agree? Um, yeah, we're going to have to adapt our game to the Premier League. There's no doubt about that. We're yeah. going to have to adapt the squad as well. I mean, there will be we'll have to bring um, uh, players in to, to to strengthen the squad, and I'm sure that'll be um, on the manager's mind and the board's mind in terms of who they're looking at over the summer, in terms of some new players to bring in. But yeah, it's, we we can't just carry on doing what we've done this season, nor should we expect to. I think there is a a little bit of a danger that expectations have gone. Higher and higher as the season's <laughs> gone on. It's like, oh well, yes, you know, we're going to. They have with guaranteed, me. <laughs> guaranteed a top ten finish next season, and oh, we should be bossing this. And it's going to be a totally different uh, ball game, isn't it? Next season, back in the Premier League, we know how tough it can be, and it's it's fine. It, it, Sean Dyche used to say, but it is it genuinely is fine margin. You look at the division now. And between sort of thirteenth and nineteenth place, there's there's not many points separating those teams. So another couple of wins can take you from being a maybe a West Ham to being a a, a Fulham or a, a well not Brentford because they've gone even be- better this season, haven't they? But um, there is you know not much in it in terms of uh, those teams in in that part of the league other than the top four or five. So we've really got to think about it for next season. Now we know we're definitely in the league for next season. And plan accordingly. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of ambitions, though, Adam, it genuinely feels to me that we are much better equipped for a charge now. And instead of just getting in there and just surviving and clinging on with this by the skin of our teeth every season, I'm not saying that we won't do that, but it feels different this time. It feels like that we're a club on the ascendancy and trying to build something here and to and to climb up the the Premier League rather than just sticking around somewhere where we're possibly overachieving each season and trying to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I think we've um, we've shown when when we went to City um, that we're not going to change the way we do things. Um, obviously, like Dave, so we'll probably have to we'll have to improve the squad and probably not be as naive in those sort of games, but. We're gonna go places and we're gonna we're gonna have like we're gonna have a go. Whereas 
in the past we would just go sit in and play the same at nil-nil and then if we went one nil down we'd still be quite rigid until the last 10 or 15 minutes and just try and stay in the game it will be complete whatever happens next year it'll be completely different to the experiences we've had in in the Premier League good and bad um in the past so I'm really looking forward to it um uh, on on the pessimistic side, like of as oh, I no. kept looking at it. if no, you offered no, me seventeenth no. now, I'd I'd take it because oh I no yeah me too there. yeah I know we'd have got there playing playing the like the company way and survival next season has got to be the ultimate aim yeah. but when you see teams like Fulham do what they did in the championship last year and continue on um, and and do so well this season and Brentford over a couple of years and and obviously us we're a good example of how, how you can go exactly um the champions of the championship do tend to do better than the other teams that go up with them uh for obvious reasons really they're the best of of yeah. the three going up normally so uh there's no reason not to be confident next year and like I said it's um it's just a really exciting summer ahead and we can genuinely look forward to every game next season, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point about the championship winners, Adam. It's no surprise that the year we won it was the year that we ended up going up and staying up for a long time. So, yeah, that definitely means something. Uh, Dave, one last point on the game before we move on to have a look at this weekend's fixture. Talk to me about the season that Johan Goodmanson has had. Uh, yeah, I think the fact he's stayed fit for most of the season, it's been a, a real bonus for us. And although he didn't start the game when he came on, and he's not the first time he's done it, when he's come off the bench, um, he's, he's changed the game. He's actually given us extra impetus when he's come off the bench. And uh, he was given man of the match on Monday night, even though he came on at half-time, obviously scored the two right, goals. So. Uh, took him really well. And yeah, you couldn't argue with that uh, decision from the uh, from the match sponsors, whoever they were on uh, Monday night, giving him the man of the match, which was uh, very much deserved. But yeah, it's a fantastic performance. And we, we were seeing it build towards half-time, but the change at half-time, I mean, people will say, well, you know, you leave, leave it till the hour mark and then make the change. It made the change early and it paid off very much so in the second half. Yeah, definitely. Um, Adam, final word from you then. Um, where do you think we'll finish in terms of points? Because we are, of course, playing the team whose points target we're after this weekend, which we're going to come on to in a minute. Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, an interesting one. I'm sure they'd love to uh, put that to bed. I'm but, sure they would. Um, before the weekend, I didn't, I wasn't confident that we were gonna that we were gonna get there. But after watching those two performances and you see the six games that we've got left, you, you've got to say that we've we've got a realistic chance of of doing it now and you could see the interviews after the game a few of the players and company have all referenced yeah um going for, like going for the record it's not like ticking one box like they've got the promotion no. obviously, with the main aim it wasn't title 100 points the straight away the minds on the record and uh yeah it's really good to see and you just know that under company we're just going to be fighting till the end is is a winner um, and they're a squad full of winners. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, if you ask me now, yeah. But like Same. I said before the weekend, I didn't. I didn't think we had we had the chance. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I was the same. I'm the same. Um, Dave, I'm, I'm sorry to put you on the spot with this. Um, you might not have this to hand. In which case, I apologise. But if you do, um, 
what do we need? We've got six games left. Do we have yes. to? Can we afford to drop any points and still get the target? Or do if we drop them, do we match it? If we draw one, we equal it. It's 106 points. So, so we've got a five, one and draw. Five, five wins and one draw equals six wins yes. beats. Do you think we'll do it, Dave? Uh, it's a big ask. It's a big ask. I mean, they are on paper, they are uh, easier games, but you've got teams that are fighting their life down the bottom. So you've got to think there's probably a chance of being a draw in there somewhere. Uh, can we keep the momentum going? Well, yeah, I think as Adam said, well, we, we do have a team that, that aren't going to be on the beach for the last five or six games. They are going to be giving it everything. Um, so why not? Yeah, let's let's go for it. Take a game at a time, but you know, look at the teams we've got to play. It'd be nice to uh, to get a, get a win at Ewood Park and dent their chances as well. So that's another... Kill their chances, that would be even better. Dave, you keep yeah. giving me politicians' answers. Yes, let's go for it. And yes, can it, are we going to do it? Do you think we will do it or not? He always fades his answer, Adam, honestly, is a nightmare. I think he, we might equal it. I think we might get five in a draw. Okay, I'll take that. that. Thank you. That's very great. Okay, let's have a look then at the game away at the team whose record we are trying to beat. That is this Saturday. It's Reading away. It's a 3pm kickoff. We'd better cling on to these Saturday 3pm kickoffs for as long as we can now. Um and yeah, the Clarets are back in action. Now, before we go on to preview that game, we have a quiz question that we need to give you an answer to. The last episode, Dave asked you the following. Ashley Barnes joined Burnley from Brighton and Hove Albion back in January 2014. But against which club did he score his first goal for Burnley? Dave, talk us through how this played out, please. Uh, well, we, we did uh, set a little bit of a trap here. One or two people did fall into the trap of, of replying with uh, Barnsley as the answer. It was the memorable goal. We won 1-0 at Barnsley. Uh, but that was his second goal for the club. That was in April 2014. And the correct answer was actually uh, against Charlton Athletic. Uh, he scored in a 3-0 oh. away win, which was the previous month. That was March 2014. And did we get any correct answers? Uh, the only one I saw was uh, Andy Richins had come in with a correct answer, unless you've had any others through nope. on uh, email. Uh, no, nope, that's all I had as well. Well done, Andy Richins. Well, you have another shot this week, listeners, to submit a correct Clarets answer and just be a genuine hero amongst your peers. Uh, you just need to hang around till the end of this episode and Dave will be setting you one more quiz question. So let's dive into it, Dave. Are you going to kick us off, please, with your championship head-to-head? Certainly. Yes, seven of the 19 seasons Burnley have spent in the same league as Reading have been in the third tier, with all of the other 12 in the second tier. As we've been doing all season, we're going to take a look back at the previous matches at this level, and as we're away on Saturday, it's the away games we're going to focus on this time. At the first match on our list was prior to the Second World War, a 3-1 defeat in January 1931. But it wasn't until the 1990s that we visited Reading at this level again. Uh, and that match in, in November 1994 finished goalless. Although Reading's Australian defender, Andy Bernal, was sent off late in the game for an incident which resulted in Burnley defender Chris Vinnikin's jaw being broken. Uh, that was Burnley's last match at Elm Park before the Royals moved to a new stadium in 1998. Uh, Burnley suffered a dismal 3-0 defeat at the Medeski Stadium in August 2002 and would have secured a victory there in February 2004 
had it not been for a stoppage time goal from Reading's James Harper to make it 2-2. There was another goalless draw in October 2004, but Burnley suffered defeats in all of our next four second-tier visits. They were in 2005, 2008, 2011 and 2012. Uh, that just leaves two more matches, both of which were drawn. Uh, in May 2014, Burnley had already uh, confirmed promotion, but Reading still had a chance of a playoff place. Uh, they went ahead through a Kieran Trippier own goal before Burnley hit back with goals from Scott Arfield and Danny Ings. In the second half, Gareth McClearly uh, levelled the scores at 2-2, and that was the way it stayed. Uh, we had had the sight of a pitch invasion at the end, from delighted Reading fans who thought they'd sealed a place in the playoffs before it became apparent they'd missed out to Brighton, who'd scored a late goal to grab the final playoff place. Uh, the last match on our list was from the 2015-16 promotion season and was another nil-nil draw. That was in February 2016. Uh, it was a match that Burnley should have won, really. In the second half, Ali Al-Habsi brought down Andre Gray and conceded the second-half penalty, but saved the resulting spot kick. Uh, Reading players were seen to be unsportingly scuffing up the penalty spot prior to the penalty being taken, but this was not seen by the referee or his assistants. So, in 11 previous away matches against Reading in the second tier, Burnley have yet to win. Uh, losing six and managing just five draws, Burnley have scored eight goals in those 11 games and conceded 18, and will be hoping for a big improvement on Saturday. Good stuff. Okay, Dave. Oh, the section was good stuff. Not the last oh, right. bit, obviously. I'm not saying that. Good stuff to the section. I'm, I was giving you a compliment, Dave, that it was a good section. Well done. Um, it's applauding. Dave worked very hard to get his stats together. Woo! However, we've all been patiently waiting for the most important feature of the previous show, and that is, of course, rate our opposition celebrity fans. No? Anybody? Mm. Woo. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Adam. God, what a team. Um, this feature has gathered momentum as the season's gone on, Dave, um, and it has actually become quite a beloved feature, so I think we'll probably keep it for next season, much to your annoyance, I'm sure. This week, we did not expect there to be a particularly impressive number of Reading celebrity fans. No offence, Reading, but you just, we just didn't think there would be anyway. Or contraire, Dave, because there was a right list to pick from. There's some impressive ones. Why don't you talk us through who you have shortlisted, please? Yeah, I think I've done quite well getting some uh, Reading. Maybe struggled a bit towards the end, but I'll uh, explain that in a, in a moment. But the ones we've got uh, on our list are uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, obviously comedian and uh, well-known actor. Uh, Chris Tarrant, TV presenter. Uh, actress Kate Winslet. Erwin uh, Sparks, who's the lead singer of the Hoosiers. Um, Damien Green, who's a politician. He was born in Wales, but grew up in Reading. Uh, and he's the Conservative MP for Ashford in Kent. Um, and it's been the case on more than one occasion so far this season that we struggled to get a full complement of six famous fans. So we've had to stretch our selection criteria to the limit for the sixth name on our list again this time. Uh, although he's been associated with Manchester United, there's one man who the Royals fans tried to get on side by creating a chant for him. Do you want to listen to it? Uh, are you kidding me? This is like catnip to me. 
Right, let's see if this works. Oh. Okay. With the magic of editing, viewers <laughs> and listeners, you will have just heard some music dropped in as a sound clip in ours. And those of you watching this football show on YouTube will see me and Adam going... <laughs> What was that? Um, so, yes, that was great. I'm going to listen to it, Dave, after the recording. But, yes, fantastic. Um, Adam, that is an impressive list of celebrity fans. Can we clarify who the sixth one was? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think we better had. Yes. Um, to, to the tune of Madonna's song, Erotica, so that's erotic, erotic, put your hands all over my body. They came up with Bill Oddy, Bill Oddy, rub your beard all over my body. It's something I didn't expect Dave to say to me tonight. <laughs> I might be a little bit scoffed. <laughs> if that's so, not worth half a point, I don't know what is. I think it's worth at least half a point. So, yes, the sixth name on our list is uh, Bill Oddy, uh, the comedian, TV presenter and naturalist. I'm genuinely quite traumatised by that entire section. Adam, please move on before we descend into any more chaos. That is an impressive list. Let's please stop thinking about Bill Oddie. But that's an impressive list, right? That's not bad. Yeah, Adam, I like yeah. it. Ricky, Ricky Gervais, I think I've uh, I've come to like him more as I've got older, to be honest. I don't Same. know whether that's um, just my, uh, my views on life now, but Afterlife were fantastic series. Yes. So um Damien Green maybe not so much but that's just my view um but then um yeah I think a strong strong seven for me I don't know what the group said but yeah well Dave, uh, Dave you did actually ask our group didn't you, you ask the rest of the non and ever panel what what they gave them I think they were all very similar for that weren't they uh, yeah, I think Matt, Matt went for a five and there were six in there I'd, I'd be tempted to go six six and a half that would be my my view so you went seven Adam and everybody else went six six and a half I'm going to have to moderate that at six and six, six and a half, I'm afraid. I've got six and a half because you went seven, but I'm going to moderate That's fine. Reading. I think they deserved higher than that, but I've got to go with my team. So there you go. Reading fans, congratulations. You score six and a half out of ten for your celebrity fans. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, Headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, Dave, memory match. What have you selected for us for this week, please? Well, I've struggled a bit, haven't I? Because we've gone through those uh, 11 games, those previous 11 away games into the second tier and we haven't won one. No. Uh, so So we've no wins in any of those games. Uh, we're going to need to be a bit creative for this week's memory match. And we're going to turn our attention to the playoffs from the 2008-2009 season. Uh, after finishing fifth in the table, Owen Coyle's Burnley had to face Steve Coppel's Reading in the playoff semi-finals. The first leg at Turf Moor was a tight affair, notable for the late penalty scored by Graham Alexander and the dismissal of the petulant Andre Bique. So 2,100 Clarets fans headed to the Medeski Stadium for the second leg, which took place on the evening of Wednesday, the 12th of May, 2009. The first half was goalless, while the Clarets came to life after the break. Stephen Thompson's pass found Martin Patterson near halfway, and Pato was given the freedom of Berkshire to advance and cut inside from the right before unleashing a powerful left-footed shot from 30 yards, which beat the diving Marcus Hanneman and settled in the side netting. That was in the 51st minute in front of the Burnley fans, and the celebrations were still going on when just six minutes later, a long kick from Brian Jensen found Stephen Thompson, and he managed to control the ball and turn before sending a dip in half volley past the helpless Hanneman and in off the underside of the crossbar. As we know, the score stayed that way, and the Clarets progressed 3-0 on aggregate and went on to beat Sheffield United 1-0 in the playoff final at Wembley, thanks to a wonder goal from Wade Elliott, it's fair to say that things have never been quite the same since. All right, it's fair to say that. It definitely is. Well, you know, listeners, that we do like to give you um, the views from our opposition fans. So this week we spoke to the Tilehurst end um, and got their views ahead of the game. Hi, guys. It's Ben Thomas from the Tilehurst end. Uh, thank you very much for inviting us on your show today. Um Obviously, a you know big game for for both of us really on on Saturday. Obviously, for for completely different reasons. So, you know, first of all, congratulations on uh, on getting your promotion back to the promised land. Um, you know, done that very very quickly and, and on the first try, which is very very impressive indeed. So, well done, and uh, you know, good luck for for the rest of the season moving forward and into next. From our point of view, it's um, it's absolutely massive because. Uh, you know, as you can see from the table, we are we are really in amongst it now, and and relegation for our club at the moment would be, you know, horrendous. So it's going to be very very difficult for us to stay in this league. I think if we were having this conversation, uh, you know, Monday after the well capitulation to to your rivals Preston, really, it would have been a very very different mood. But you know, we changed manager, which which desperately needed to happen. Uh, very very important that that occurred uh, now. I, I still think we probably missed the boat in terms of maybe moving him on and, and getting someone else in. But, you know, from, from our point of view, we've got a, a legend in Noel Hunt coming in, hopefully galvanise the players, put his arms around them a little bit and say, look, we can do this. We've got enough quality to stay in this league. Um, you know, really now we just have to apply that and, and get results. Obviously, it's not going to be easy against a team like yours who are scoring for fun. Players all over the pitch, really, um, who were very, very impressive. But the one that stood out for me, uh, perhaps unusually, is Connor Roberts. You know, you think about how many games he's played. Think about his contributions in terms of assists and goals as well. So it's it's not 
going to be easy. Um, and in the background, we've got you know a, 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 the record to try and protect. But I'm sure if you spoke to any fan at the moment, they would much rather stay in this league than than preserve that record. So we're we're in a position where we can't be greedy. Um, we need to concentrate on what we're doing. We do have the quality. You know, we've, we've shown that in spells, uh, albeit not consistently, throughout this season. Um, and really, the, the focus has to be on what we do rather than, than what you do to get the points. Um, it's going to be a big crowd for once. You know, We've been pretty sparse in the stands at, at the Select Kyleeson Stadium this year. So, um, you know, fingers crossed it, it will be a good game. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a must win for us. And, and we've got five games to, to stay in this division. We need to get the fans behind us. You know, Noel Hunt will, will do that. Everyone is behind the players now. Everyone's behind the manager now, which which probably wasn't the case over the last few weeks. Um, and it's it's going to be a big one. Uh, if you're coming down to the game, enjoy it. Have a good one. Safe journey down and safe journey back. Once again, thanks for having us on here. If you if you want to have a look at any match previews we're doing, we're on the Tilehurst end on Twitter. So um, yeah, have a look. All the best to you guys. Take care, and uh, we'll speak soon. We're going to leave you very quickly with our referee uh, news before we go on to discuss the game. We have another Lancashire-based referee, Oliver Langford, who is now based in Blackpool. Um, and Dave reliably tells me he was originally based in Dudley in the West Midlands. Uh, we'll be in the middle at the... Mid- I can never pronounce it. Is it the Medeske? Is that how you pronounce it? Medeske? Medeske? Medeske. Thank you. On Saturday afternoon. We have won six of the previous nine Burnley matches he has taken charge of. We lost the first one, boo, which was a 1-0 defeat at Doncaster, gosh, way back in February 2011. But those six wins include two victories in the last two games of ours he's officiated this season. They were the 2-1 home win over Bristol City last September and also the 2-1 away win at Swansea in early January. Thankfully, there have been no red cards in any of his previous Burnley matches and we would quite like it to stay that way. We've already talked at length about the plans for the title. We've talked at length about our plans for the points record. Um we thought that there might be a drop-off in intensity once promotion was sealed. That was absolutely not the case on Monday. Are you expecting still business as usual on Saturday? Yeah, I think we'll be confident enough to go there and exert ourselves on the game. And we should we should have um have too much reading. Obviously, there's a couple of things to consider. The the game's a really good game at turf. Um they were very organized, um, a threat on the break. Um, I remember being like quite impressed with them and obviously took a, a late Zaruri goal and a bit of Benson magic. Well, yeah, goal and assist from Benson to to turn that round. And obviously we don't know what the impact of the change of manager is going to have on them as well. Um, I think obviously the most, the clearest thing for, from our point of view last year when, when we changed manager that first home game against Southampton, we think Southampton didn't have a clue what, what had hit them in them first that first half an hour? Any anything can happen when you change your manager, but there's no reason for us not to think we can go there and um, and carry on um, our great run of form. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I can't see anything other than um, than a comfortable Clarets win. Yeah, uh, I mean it's difficult for Reading, isn't it? They do currently sit in the relegation zone um, with the teams above them having a game in hand. Um, what did what did you Reading have six points deducted for, Dave? I'm not sure I remember seeing this. Well, I think it's finances, isn't it? I mean, they're not the only team who's been in that situation. We've obviously seen it with uh, Wigan as well. 
uh, the EFL have, have come down hard on on clubs. I mean, obviously we we've got the transfer embargo, um, so we obviously need to get that out of the way, get the results published, and uh, get that embargo lifted when we're talking about transfer activity earlier. Um, but we need to make sure that we don't let that get in the way. But yes, they, they've had issues. They've not been able to make signings, really. They've been under um, embargoes themselves. Um, so it is, it's is—it's a financial uh, issue from, from their point of view, same as it is with uh, with Wigan. But when you say financial issue, what is the issue? Not paying wages or...? I don't think no. I don't think it's in terms of wage. I think it's in terms of the um, the the their uh... longer term, isn't it? I think they've had, yeah, they've had like a lot of management plans, and they've not they've not stuck to what they'd agreed with the AFL. Ah, okay, um, it's over the last two or three years. I think they've cumulative losses. Um, yeah, persistent. Yeah, yeah persistent problems. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that's disappointing for them because without those six points being deducted, they wouldn't be anywhere near the relegation mm. zone. Um, which I guess makes it a bit of a strange game on Saturday, Dave, because you know, as, as Adam said, they were we were impressed with them when they came uh, to turf, and you know, their league position probably doesn't reflect their performances on the pitch. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah, it is a slightly false position when when you've had points deducted. It looks like you well, you are in trouble. You are where you are, but yeah, it, you are lower down than you should be on on merit in terms of the performances on the pitch so it's slightly tougher from that perspective but it's not going to be any easier they're, they're still down there they're fighting for their lives as we've mentioned they've got a, a new manager well they, they've, they've sacked their manager they've obviously got um uh Noel Hunt isn't it who's in in temporary charge there um and that can go both ways you know you, you do get a new manager bounce uh you can get the players who sort of get a an extra lease of life you want to show the the, the new man what they're capable of might even bring players in who've been been sidelined, although I don't think they've got the depth of squad that that's really as, as relevant for them. Um, so they'll be fighting for their lives. And as we know, we don't have a fantastic record down there, but I don't think we're going to let anything like that get in the way. Um, we don't believe in, uh, in in bad omens from that point of view. We'll just be carrying on like we have been doing all season. Um, and we've been uh, very good on the road. We've had 11 away wins already. One of the stats you haven't mentioned, well, two of the stats you haven't mentioned, mentioned actually, is uh, 11 away wins. That That's a, a, rec- a club record equaling. So if we need one more away win out of our remaining four away games to beat that record, and obviously we could go on and, and, and beat that considerably. Um, and Adam did mention earlier about the doubles as well. No, no other team can do a double over us. We can do the double over Reading. We can do the double over everyone other than uh, Cardiff, who we drew with. So we've done six oh. doubles already. We could actually get five more if we get five wins in the next five games. So um, there's an opportunity to to set a couple more uh, club records there as well. Good stuff. Um, any team headaches, Adam? Or do we expect to start again with the same? Obviously, I don't think we'll start the same lineup with against Sheffield United. We don't necessarily need that same level of no, physicality. Ronald Mills out, isn't he? Who is, sorry? Josh Brownhill's going to be out, isn't he, I think? Again, why is that? He went off the other night. It would, uh, like the last last 10 minutes, it was another incident with the AstroTurf. The AstroTurf thing again. Oh, for God. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not being funny, but after company made such a bad thing about, uh, was it Preston away or Blackpool away? Astro, why have we got it at the Blackpool, turf? Blackpool, weren't it? <clears throat> yeah, he's, he mentioned it again in his um, uh, in his post, yeah, post-match um, interview and he, he said it was something that like he's said before and he's going to have to deal with um, probably internally as well so I don't know what, what they're going to do about that uh, he was walking on it at the end I think he it had shown some 
some signs of improvement. He did like the walk around the pitch. Um, so I don't, I'd, I'd assume he would be missing, but um, yeah, there's no point risking. I think, I think we were gonna probably drop like, well, we wouldn't need Brownhill, Cork, and Cullen no. in there anyway. So, like Dave said, maybe maybe give Benson a start. Uh, Zaruri might come back in. I know it's Ramadan, so it's like now the tighter well, title's near enough done, but promotion sealed. Whether he'll take a bit more of a back seat until that's mm, um, that's finished, um, and then. Yeah, I don't, we've got the squad now that I don't, in so many positions, we're so strong. And Ekdal's not been involved for a couple of weeks. I don't know. I've not seen anything about an injury, but um, he could come back in. It's, I expect all the lone players to be to be starting still. Bayer, Teller yeah. and, um, and Matson uh, don't really see any benefit of um, of them dropping out. But yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. And just to mention to Roberts the other night, I think I saw a stat today. Not, not you, okay. Dave. Um, I was going to say. It. Oh, I was going to say. I thought. I thought that was very. I thought yeah. it was very like aggro to you, Dave. I was like, hang uh, on a minute. We don't. We don't call our panelists by our last names, Adam Dennett. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Connor Roberts. <laughs> um, fifty-eight passes attempted, fifty-eight completed, hundred percent pass rate the other night, which uh, against Sheffield United. Against Sheffield United, apparently. I, sort of, I don't wow. know. Fake news that, but I saw that somewhere today. But I think he's been brilliant since the World Cup. Yeah, like they were umming and ahhing at the first half of the season whether him and him or Vitinho should start. Mm. And I don't. Well, there's no question at the moment he's been he's been phenomenal since um, since the break. So, um, yeah, it, we'll we'll be fine, won't we? Yeah, we will. Give me a score prediction, then, please, Adam. Three nil, Dave. Two nil, Burnley. Oh, Dave, I'm so proud of you right now. I am also going to say 2-0 as well to the Matty Claret. So that is your... Um, I can't say it anymore. I'm not allowed to say it. That is my prediction for you to do with what you will, listeners. I'm going to predict 2-0. Okay, right. What's up next? Let's have a look at the show script. Oh, stat of the week, Dave. Yes, we need to finish off the... Um, we need to finish off the Reading preview with your miscellaneous stat of the week, please. Yes, Burnley equaled the club record on Monday evening uh, with Monday evening's victory over Sheffield United. It was our 26th league win of the season, equaling the club record which was set in 2013-14 and then equaled in 2015-16. With six games still remaining, starting with a trip to Reading this weekend, there's a great opportunity to set a new club record and then to try and put it beyond reach for a very long time to come, between now and our last match of the season at home to Cardiff City. Thank you. Adam, FPL update. Live. This is exciting. What is <laughs> happening in the glitzy, dazzling world of the known and ever fantasy Premier League, please? Yeah, it's getting to crunch time now. It is. Um... Am I winning? That's all I need to know. Not quite. You're 365th out of 419. So I'd say you're escaping relegation again. So you can you can try again next year. But um, okay. yeah, um, so start, <laughs> I'll start off with uh, the team of the week. Uh, so former Claret Nick Pope in goal, who sent his uh, congratulations when we got promoted, along with Tarkovsky and Ben Mee, which were nice to see. He saved an Ivan Tony penalty. Uh, which was the striker's first penalty miss since 2018 wow. in Newcastle's 2-1 victory at Brentford. Uh, only the second team to win there after Arsenal this season. Uh, the back three, 
all got a clean sheet and three bonus points in their side's wins. So Malassia from Manchester United in their side's 2-0 win over Everton. Ogbonna for West Ham in their win at Fulham. And Semedo for Wolves in their shot. Well, I'd say shot, but Chelsea have been rubbish there. Shock win over Chelsea. Uh, midfield, start off with two Crystal Palace players. Jordan Ayew and Elise. Um, AU with two goals and Elise with three assists, both getting 14 points in their big 5-1 victory away at Leeds. They've also got a nice run of fixtures coming up, um, so ones to keep an eye on. Gabriel Martinelli with a goal, an assist and three bonus points in Arsenal's thriller of a two-all draw at Liverpool. Grealish, who has started the last 11 Premier League games, and will probably be a popular transfer in this week. Got a goal, an assist, and two bonus points in City's 4-1 route at Southampton. And Bournemouth keep defying the odds. It looks like we might be playing them again next year and hopefully winning at the Vitality again. Uh, Philip Billing with a goal and three bonus points in their win at Struggling Leicester. Up front, the two regulars, Erling Haaland, two goals, three bonus points. Um in City's win, making it 30 for the season. He's chasing the 34-goal record currently held by Andy Cole and Alan Shearer. I can't see anything stopping him getting past that. And Harry Kane with a goal and three bonus points in Spurs' controversial 2-1 victory at home to Brighton. Uh, the known in ever league table, uh, top five, there are a few changes um, coming into the top five. So in fifth, Tom Deenian with 2,023 points. Fourth, Joe Bailiff, 2,025 points. Joint second, both up from outside the top five last week. Alice Flanagan and Ursay, both on 2,033 points. And you're going to see my head visibly getting bigger on, uh, on on the screen. I am top at the moment with 2,046 No, points. are you really? Yeah. You can't win. That's not on. Allowed. You can't let me win. It's not on. <laughs> I've um There's I've got in just, the rules though that says that no one ever panelists I'll, can't win. I'll be claiming my sticker, trust me. <laughs> not it's not a sticker to win the, the whole thing. You get a proper prize. Oh, even better. I'm yeah, on you it don't, now. We don't just we don't just <laughs> give out we give a sticker out for manager of the month, Adam. We don't just give winners of the manager of the season and league winners a sticker. Come on. I'm easily pleased. That'd do me, but anyway. <laughs> uh, a couple of notes just as we look ahead to game week 31. Rashford, he's going to be injured for a few weeks. It renounced today. Uh, best replacements. If you've got a free hit left and you're going to play it in blank game week 32, then it's probably best to get a Man City or Brighton midfielder to take advantage of the doubles um, and whether you're feeling like you can gamble on Pep Roulette. Um, and then those without a free hit should probably look at Palace because of the fixtures, like I've already mentioned, Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, we're down to 256 players in the No Name Ever Podcast Cup. Uh, so I'll continue to update um, you on that as we get to the latter stages. I think you won your match this week, Natalie. I think you're involved. Uh, yes. Just need to double check that, but I think you're still in it. And the deadline what is uh, that? for game week 31 is this Saturday at 11am. And it's probably best to wait until as late as you can because there's European games this week uh, to make your transfers. And that's it from FPL this week. Uh, what is this cup thing that I'm still in? <laughs> Uh, just, just keep, do keep do doing what you're doing. I'm sure you, I'm sure you'll win it. That is the kind of strategy I like. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I above Dave? That's all I need to know. You are this year, yeah. <laughs> no, <wait. laughs> 
Do you want to break it to it, Dave? I didn't. I didn't tend to it this season. <laughs> but you are still winning. You are still beating him. I hate you. <laughs> Breaking news, listeners. Burnley FC women have won the first ever Lancashire FA Women's Senior Cup holders. They beat Darwin 9-0. Um, congratulations. They have won some silverware. What a season both of our seniors are having. So our congratulations go to the ladies. We are going to be covering BFC Women next season. We've been in talks with the club to provide some fan um fan created content um for our women particularly as they've been brought under the umbrella of the seniors and they've been merging to their socials as well um so it won't be every week but uh, maybe once a month we'll be having a, a women's roundup uh, with some interviews and some content from our bfc women so those of you who um do follow and support women's football um do stay tuned because we'll have some content for you next season um dave I think all that is left is for you to give us a quiz question. Yes, I do have a quiz question for you. And this week's quiz question is a two-parter. Can you name the first player to score a goal for Burnley at Reading's current ground, the Medeski Stadium, and what was the year? Ooh, that's a good question. How do our listeners submit their answers, please? Uh, in the usual way, if you can send us an email to previewshow at nonanever.net, you can direct messages on Twitter, that's at nonanever, or you can reply to us on either Facebook or YouTube with yep. the post that you come Comment below, please, listeners, and don't forget to subscribe if you are watching this on our YouTube channel. That is all we have time for this week. My thanks as ever go to Dave and Adam for their sparkling company this evening even though they just did completely stitch me up with the fpl news and i'm not speaking to either of them for the rest of the season um the clarets travel away this weekend with one eye on a trophy and one eye on that points record can they do it take care of yourselves in the meantime we will be back next week with a reaction video from that reading game and we will be looking ahead in the preview show to next week's fixture there are only six games to go in this remarkable season Stay with us and enjoy every single second. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Never football show and podcast. Until next time. The Known and Never podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are as ever proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.